Hey, kind of give him the hey, 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 what's up? Hi, Canyon. Hi, church. We believe in one God, the Father, the Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, of all that is seen and unseen. We believe in one Lord, Jesus Christ, the only Son of God, eternally begotten of the Father, God from God, light from light, true God from true God, begotten, not made, of one being with the Father. For us and for our salvation, he came down from heaven. By the power of the Holy Spirit, he was born of the Virgin Mary and became man. For our sake, he was crucified under Pontius Pilate. He suffered, died, and was buried. On the third day, he rose again in fulfillment of the scriptures. He ascended into heaven and is seated at the right hand of the Father. He will come again in glory to judge the living and the dead, and his kingdom will have no end. We believe in the Holy Spirit, the Lord, the giver of life, who proceeds from the Father and the Son, who with the Father and the Son is worshiped and glorified, who has spoken through the prophets. We believe in one holy Christian and apostolic church. We acknowledge one baptism for the forgiveness of sins. And we look for the resurrection of the dead and the life of the world to come. Amen.
strong enough to save everyone. Hallelujah.
more time. And if there, there is power that can empty any grave. And so I just want you to speak Jesus over your life. If your marriage is in a grave, if your finances are in a grave, if your relationship with Jesus is in a grave, there is a name above any other name that can raise that back to life. And his name is Jesus. And so while we sing this, I want you to just speak Jesus over your life. Speak the victory that he gave his son for you so we can have a victory here on earth. He has sent you a helper. You are not here alone. So speak Jesus over your life. Amen.
the price for all my guilty Who would care that much about me Let me tell you about my Jesus Oh He makes a way where there ain't no way Rises up from an empty grave Ain't no sinner that he can't save Let me tell you about my Jesus
so glad to have you here. If you're new, we want to get to know you. There is a card right in front. If you wouldn't mind filling that out, we would greatly appreciate it. Go around and greet some of your family of faith this morning. Children, you are dismissed to that back door and wait for your teachers. They'll meet you there. Welcome, everybody. Good morning, darling. Live streamers, it's good to have you. If you're watching on Facebook or YouTube, it's good to have you with us today. Well, it's time for tithe and offering. If you have something to give, you can prepare that. Offering envelopes are in the chairs in front of you. If not, you can wave your hand around, and one of the ushers will help you out. It's good to have you with us today. I think, I, think, uh, I think they call this the third winter of March, right? Is that what, that's what it's called, something like that. C.S. Lewis says, oh, always winter, never Christmas, right? That's what it feels like when you get into the spring. <laughs> but anyhow, it's good to have you this morning. For tithe and offering, uh, again, we appreciate your giving and, and your faithfulness to the house. And um, uh, we just always believe that God... God is doing for us what only he can do for us, amen? And the things that you do, that God is, is able to take those things and multiply those things, and beyond what we can ask or imagine, God is always up to things like that, and we believe what you're giving, that, that God 
in our, our uh, faithfulness of being good stewards with what comes into the house, that God advances the kingdom and we see good things happen. And we believe for that. So let me, let me pray over your tithe and offering. So if you have something, you can bring it forward this morning. Lord, uh, opportunity to just to continue our worship today in response to the goodness of who you are and, and all the provision, so many different ways that you provide into our lives, Lord, but certainly the increase of, of, of income, Lord, that comes to us. And we, we give our tithe and our offering in that, Lord. Lord, that, that we are walking in faith and simply knowing, believing that you are always in front of us, opening doors, providing ways, doing things that we don't even at times don't always see and understand, that, that you are the provider of all things. And we thank you for that provision. We live in that provision. And in our giving today, we, we respond to your, your goodness in our giving. In Jesus' name, everybody says, amen. amen. So if you have something to give, you can bring it. Uh, just some announcements. Don't forget that today, Joy Fellowship meets at 5 o'clock. So if you have questions about Joy Fellowship, see uh, Bill or Patsy. Also, today is the youth skating event. So that's 5th through 12th grade. Um, uh, if you don't have details about that, want to know more about it, see Josh. Where's Josh at? It's Josh up here. Josh is sitting at the back table. See him if you have questions about that. Um, prayer tomorrow night from 6 to 7, correct? Uh, we, we weren't here last week, but almost every Monday night from 6 to 7, we're here praying. So uh, join us for prayer. Church-wide prayer. We're a church who prays. Praying is vitally important to everything we do. It's the foundation. So let's come together as a church and pray tomorrow night. Uh, next Sunday, now, uh, next Sunday is a, a after-church hangout, carry-in, hangout, have fun, eat some food together. Okay, so everybody that comes next week, if you want to stay after church and eat with us, bring some food, and, and we'll pile in somewhere and enjoy some fellowship time. It, it marks one year in this building, amen, that we started having services here. So um, uh, we believe this is a blessing to us. And uh, what we wanted to do was we also wanted to double it as a chili cook-off. Now, Mike has told me that nobody has told him that they're planning on doing chili. So if you're planning on making chili as part of the context, please see Mike so we know chili's coming. If nobody brings chili, then we'll figure something else out. But anyways, um, and I promise that we're not going to dump it all together, stir it up, and eat out of it. It'll be, you can pick the one you want. And yes, yes. Yeah, plug it in the kitchen down there and all that. So good information, Mike. So anyways, that's next Sunday. I'm looking forward to it. So I plan on uh, staying after church and just fellowshipping for a while. Um, let's see. Uh, let's see. Back at the back, I think they have those little booklets. Um, if you want one of these, we had 40 days uh, of Easter reading scripture. But then they, we put something together that ties in with my messages over the next four weeks. So if you want one of these, it's a four-week devotion, just one devotion uh, for the next four weeks that goes with the series of messages that lead into Easter. So if you didn't have one of these, you want one, wave, wave your hand around, they'll give you one. And uh, it's just another emphasis on the, the season of the year. And obviously we're heading into Easter pretty soon. Um, so anyways, that, that's just for you if you want one. And other than that, uh, get your Bibles out today. We'll just jump into the message that we have this morning. And we are four weeks from Easter, so today starts our Easter series. Uh, over the next four weeks, we're going to talk about, obviously, the focus of the season. It's the focus of the church anyways, but the focus of the season 
and that is Jesus the Christ. Christ meaning anointed one. Jesus the anointed. Christ is not Jesus' last name. You know that? Y'all know that, right? I say that tongue-in-cheek, but you'd be surprised. So anyways, Christ is the title, the anointed. And what is he anointed to do? Well, some of the things we're going to be talking about over the next uh, four weeks have to do with Christ the anointed. So uh, today, Christ the sacrifice. Next week, Christ the Savior. Uh, two weeks from today, Christ the King. And then certainly Easter Sunday, Christ the resurrected. So that's where we're headed over the next four weeks. And I think it's important, and the church calendar sort of marks out through the year times, and they kind of give a seasonal flow to uh, things, foundational beliefs of the church. So you have Advent and Christmas. You have, uh, then certainly, uh, you have uh, Easter. You have Lent Easter. Uh, you have um, uh, what rolls into Pentecost Sunday. You have Ascension Day. All these different things that the church calendar marks, not necessarily trying to hit historical days, per se, of these events on the calendar, but a calendar flow of uh, foundational beliefs of the church. It is my, my uh, uh, conviction that we have to consistently be talking about the foundational things that we believe. Lest, lest the foundation starts to be cracked and, and the whole spiritual house falls. You know, you can talk a lot, of, a lot of stuff in the Bible. Obviously, there's a lot there. But you should never get too far away from the foundational uh, beliefs of the church because they are the foundation of all the things that we believe. So over the next four weeks, uh, we're going to be doing some purposeful uh, remembrance, some purposeful focus on Jesus leading into Easter Sunday, Resurrection Sunday. So Christ the sacrifice, Isaiah chapter 53 and verse number 1. So if you have your Bibles, you can turn there. Isaiah 53. And the book of Isaiah, the prophet Isaiah, considered one of the major prophets of the scriptures, is very messianic. Uh, Isaiah, in through the different things that, that he talks about, prophesies about both, if you're with us in our, our Revelation series, both in foretelling and foretelling, uh, that has a lot of things to it, but he's very messianic in the things that he is talking about. And Isaiah 53 is one of those places that uh, he is calling forth Jesus and what Jesus is going to do for us. So Isaiah chapter 53 and verse number 1. Some 700 years before the birth of Jesus, these are things that Isaiah, through the inspiration of the Spirit, is saying. Who has believed what... He has heard from us. And to whom has the arm of the Lord been revealed? For he grew up before him like a young plant and like a root out of dry ground. He had no form or majesty that we should look at him and no beauty that we should desire him. But he was despised and rejected by men, a man of sorrows and acquainted with grief. And as one who, from whom men hide their faces, he was despised, and we esteemed him not. And, and here comes this look at, at the cross and the crucifixion and what Jesus was to endure on the cross. Surely he has borne our griefs and carried our sorrows. Yet we esteemed him stricken, smitten by God, and afflicted. But he was pierced for our transgressions, he was crushed for our iniquities. 
and the chastisement that was brought us peace was upon him. And with his wounds and by his wounds, we are healed. All we like sheep have gone astray. We have turned every one to his own way. And the Lord has laid on him the iniquity of us all. He was oppressed and he was afflicted. Yet he opened not his mouth. Like, like a lamb that is led to the slaughter. Like a sheep that is before the shearers is silent. So he opened not his mouth. By oppression and judgment, he was taken away. And as for his generation, who considered that he was cut off out of the land of the living, stricken of the, for the transgression of my people. And they made his grave with the wicked and with the rich man in his death, although he had done no violence and there was no deceit in his mouth. Yet it was the will of the Lord to crush him. He has put grief to him. And when his soul makes an offering for guilt, he shall see his offspring, and he shall prolong his days. The will of the Lord shall prosper in his hand. And out of the anguish of his soul, he shall see and be satisfied. By his knowledge shall righteous one, my servant, make many be accounted righteous, and he shall bear their iniquities. Therefore I will divide him the portion with the many, and he shall divide the spoil with the strong, because he poured out his soul to death and was numbered with the transgressors. Yet he bore the sin of many and makes intercessions for the transgressors. There was a great messianic, uh, poetic look at what Jesus was going to do in order to be the savior of the world. See, the prophets called him forth, and, and, and we see that the, the Old Testament, again, it's, a, it's always leaning into the coming of Jesus and what Jesus was to do for us. The Old Testament is foretelling it. It's, it's calling forth that one would come, a righteous one, that would, that would bear what Isaiah 53 is talking about. Going back to verse number four. Surely he has borne our griefs and carried our sorrows. Yet we esteemed him stricken, smitten by God and afflicted. He was pierced for our transgressions. And he was crushed for our iniquities. And upon him was the chastisement that brought peace. By his wounds, we are healed. Foundational understanding of the work of God to save us, Christ the sacrificed. See, the one who would bring redemption, reconciliation, new creation, that the prophets are foretelling, comes in Jesus pierced for what was wrong with this world, sin and the effects of sin. Punishment brought upon him for what? To bring peace and healing to our souls. Amen. See, John chapter 1, verse 29 echoes Isaiah 53, 7. If you want to go there, just, just one quick verse here. In the Gospel of John, chapter number 1, verse number 29, and this is John the Baptist who makes an incredible revelation as moved by the Spirit about Jesus. John chapter 1 and verse number 29. And the next day, John the Baptist, he saw Jesus coming towards him and said, here's this, here's this wonderful look at what is to come of Jesus and, and the role 
that Jesus fulfills in coming God in flesh. Behold the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. Amen. John the Baptist, in wonderful revelation, moved by the Spirit, sees Jesus, and he calls forth this, this leaning in from the Old Testament, all the things that the prophets and all the things that the law uh, brought, but then were not completely fulfilled and couldn't completely fulfill, that Jesus comes to fulfill. Look, the Lamb of God, who absolutely, positively takes away the sin of the world. How many of you are thankful that Jesus has come to deal with our sin? Amen. Jesus is the fulfillment. Isaiah 53. The one who is pierced for what is wrong with this world. Sin in its effect. The one who is punished in order to bring healing and peace is fulfilled in Jesus. Jesus is the way of salvation. Now, the way of salvation through death on a cross. And here, here's where I think the Bible story is, is kind of, uh, I don't know, if you were to make up a way that somebody would come save the world, this is not the story you would come up with. This is not how you would envision it would happen. But God in flesh comes to save the world through self-sacrificial love. By dying on a cross, that sacrifice in our place, God in flesh. You know, you know on, on Good Friday, God died. You know that. That God that came in flesh in Jesus would do something out of great love for us. For God so loved the world that he sent his one and only son, ultimately to go to a cross. Self-sacrificial of Jesus, the Lamb of God, sacrifice, who has come to take away the sin of the world. That's not how the world works, but it's how God saves the world. Who would ever have thought that salvation would come, new, new life would come through actual death? See, Jesus dying on the cross, we've got to come to an understanding that these were real live, actual events. See, in Christianity, you're not saved by ideas. You're not saved by some philosophy. You're not saved by trying to do certain things. You are saved because of the acts of God in this world, this creation that he made that went wrong. He comes and he dies. We're saved by the actual events of Jesus dying on a cross. Matthew 26. We're going to go to right before the betrayal of Jesus. It was called the Last Supper, Passover. Matthew 26, verse number 26. Now, as they were eating, Jesus took bread. And after blessing it, broke it and gave it to the disciples. And he said, take and eat, this is my body. And he took the cup. And when he had given thanks, he gave it to them, saying, drink of it, all of you. For this is the, my blood of the covenant, 
which is poured out for many for the forgiveness of sins. For I tell you, I will not drink again of this fruit of the vine until the day when I drink it anew in, with you in my Father's kingdom. See, in this moment, in this, in this celebration of, of Passover, highlighting what's about to happen. See, Isaiah foretold a bit. John calls it out in Revelation. And Jesus is reorienting this Passover meal to broken body and shed blood that he is the fulfillment of all that has come before him in Israel's story, all that has come before him in the law and the prophets. You remember the Passover story? It is the great exodus of coming out of slavery from Egypt, right? Remember, they slaughtered a lamb and took the blood and put it on the doorpost of the house. That way, uh, the, the death would pass by them and, and it would only afflict the firstborn of Egypt, the last of the plagues to come to set the Israelites free, this, this great story of Israel's history, the Passover, the Exodus. But now we have in Jesus the way of the great exodus from our exile in slavery to sin. See, it's a new exodus into right relationship with God the Father, that his people will come out of slavery and sin to worship him, to be reconciled to him, heading to a greater place of a promised land. See, this, this new Passover event, this reorienting of this meal that, that was portrayed in the Last Supper, is the continual remembrance of what we partake in in the bread and the cup, which we will take at the end of the service today. Body given, blood shed. The original Passover, the lamb, the blood was shed on the door, but now Jesus, in shedding his blood, is marked on us. And in that, we are delivered from sin. A new covenant, a new and lasting promise of life and blessing and fulfillment founded in the blood of Jesus shed on the cross. Christ the sacrifice. And he takes this story of Israel, this great story of Israel, they still celebrate today, the Passover, the, the, the coming out of Egypt, and he reorients it to himself. Remember, all the Old Testament leans to him. He is the fulfillment. And he is this lamb that is sacrificed in the shedding of blood for the forgiveness of our sins. So we can come out of slavery to sin and live in the freedom of new life. That's the sacrifice of Jesus and what it means to us. See, Mark chapter number 15 in verse 24. And another, just a, a glimpse set of verse here, just to reinforce this. Mark chapter 15, verse number 24. Simply says, simply says this, and they crucified him. And they crucified him. And they crucified him. Isaiah foretold of it. John the Baptist called it out in Revelation. Jesus prepared the disciples in the Last Supper to, to get them ready for it. 
explaining what it meant. And, and the whole time, people were missing it, not understanding it. But yet we find the event actually happens. And they crucified him. Here is the fulfillment of sacrifice. And it has been done. It is finished. There is no more need for sacrifice for sin. Jesus has completed the work. And the wonderful thing about that, almost mind-boggling when you really start to think about it and meditate on it, he did it in our place, in our substitution. He took the penalty upon himself. For he was pierced for our transgressions. And the punishment was upon him that brings us peace and healing on him. That's what's called substitutionary work, substitutionary sacrifice. Jesus in our place. That God would come in flesh, in human form. This paradox of the Christian faith, fully man and fully God. And go to the cross. As it says in the writings of Peter, that he bore his sins in his body on the tree. He took the sins of the world, past, present, and future. He took them and put it into himself on that cross. Because the Bible says the wage of sin is what? Death. He paid the price in physical death for our sins. Broken body, shed blood. Christ the sacrifice. That the love of God, you think about this, that the love of God was on entire full display when Jesus was on the cross. The love of God in full display, how much he loves his creation and the people who are in sin enough to come and save them. And save them in such a way that he sacrifices himself to do so. Amen. Christ upon the cross, the clearest revelation of who God is. 1 Corinthians 5, 7 says, Christ, our Passover lamb, has been sacrificed. Christ, our Passover lamb, has been been sacrificed. Romans chapter number three. Romans chapter number three. Let's, you know, all, all of the goodness, all of the goodness of God that we pray for and we, we, we strive in faith to live in. All the, do you realize that, that it all is based in the work of the cross? You know that? The freedom from your sin, your struggles, the, the things that weigh you down, the, the things that, that, that hurts you, the freedom from these things is found in the work of the cross. You know, you can talk about that stuff so much and never talk about this, and you never have the foundation for why that is. That all of the things that I believe in center on Easter weekend, Good Friday and Resurrection Sunday. 
that I believe in a crucified Savior, the Christ was crucified in sacrifice so I can be free. So new life and abundant life is always in front of me, leading the resurrected life, always in front of us. That we believe and are not moved from what Jesus has done for us. Romans chapter 3, verse 21. But now the righteousness of God has manifested apart from the law, although the law and the prophets bear witness to it. The righteousness of God through faith in Jesus Christ for all who do what? For all who do what? For all who believe. For there is no distinction. All have sinned and fall short of the glory of God, but and are justified by his grace as a gift through the redemption that is in Christ Jesus, whom God put forth as a propitiation by his blood. In other words, a sacrifice. This work of Jesus on the cross, this act of love, is for those who simply believe as a gift of God. That all of us here have fallen short of the glory of God because of sin. But yet the work of God in Jesus on the cross offers us a way to be back into right relationship with him, exile from him, but now exodus back to him. By faith in Christ Jesus, that we believe that this gift of God is for anyone who would simply believe. Christ the sacrifice. Philippians chapter 2. One of the, one of the great... Actually, you know, Philippians chapter 2, this, uh, this part from, uh, let's see, I think verse 4 down through 11. You know, this was actually, uh, they consider this a hymn of the early church. They sang this. And Paul incorporated it in this letter here to the church in Philippi. But Philippians chapter 2, verse number 4, let's just go there. Let each of you look not only to his own interest, but also the interest of others. Having this mind among you, which is yours in Christ Jesus, who... Though he was in the form of God, did not count equality with God as a thing to be grasped. But he emptied himself. By taking on the form of a servant, being born in the likeness of men, and being found in human form, he humbled himself by being obedient to, to the point of death, even death on a cross. Therefore God has highly exalted him and bestowed to him the name that is above every name. So that the name of Jesus, every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and under earth, and every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord, to the glory of God the Father. Amen. Verse 8, And being found in human form, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to the point of death, even death on a cross. 
This is the work of God in flesh. That he came in a way of humility, knowing where he was headed, and became obedient to that death on a cross for the salvation of our souls. Amen. That we would just believe. We believe in him. And the work that he has come to do, that this world so desperately needs. Listen, I, I, I can tell you, I, we could sit around for, for a long time and talk about a lot of things that this world needs and maybe some wisdom about what you're supposed to do about it. We can talk about your finances. We can talk about your health. We can talk about uh, leaving a legacy. We can talk about retirement. We can talk about all this stuff, all, all good things. But what the world needs is to know that God died on a cross for their sins. That in him, in him, is the forgiveness of those sins because he shed his blood for us. And in him is found new life because he is the way back to the Father to reconciled and redeemed relationship. Amen. Christ is sacrifice. I believe. See, while Jesus was being crushed on the cross, there's ultimately a fulfillment of Genesis chapter 3 in that he was crushing the serpent's head and the work of the enemy. See, what appeared to be the victim was actually the victor. The cross is the triumph of God. The cross is the triumph of God. Turning this the entire world upside down and how this whole thing works. The cross, self-sacrificial love is the triumph of God. May we embrace it. May we live in it. May we remember it. Amen. I'm going to have the ushers come this morning and we'll partake of, of communion together. If you're at home watching on live stream, grab whatever you got. You can partake with us this morning. The Bible says that we do this in remembrance of him. That in this we proclaim the death of Christ until he comes again. For as we continue in this series, we're, we're going to, in, in a way, cover this statement. Christ has died, Christ has risen, and Christ is coming again. And as we partake this morning, it, it takes us back to what was called that Last Supper, which we read in Matthew 26. They, they took the bread and says, and this is my body given for you. And he, and he took the cup and, and this is my blood in new covenant. A new way now of God bringing life to those who would believe 
And we, and we consistently take of this to constantly remember those words. See, I, I think in, in uh, charismatic and, and Pentecostal circles, the table of the Lord loses its significance a little bit. But you realize that whenever we partake of communion together, it's the high point of the worship of our day. Because, yeah, they always sang hymns, and, and, and what they consider the hymn is different than the, what we would consider the hymn from our, our time in church and, and the, the kind of songs that we sing in our setting. Yeah, you know, everybody sings, but... And, and when we proclaim the word, you know, there's different modes of operation in church history and how this stuff happens. But this right here has never changed. This is just the same in those first intimate moments that Jesus had with the disciples. This is my body. And this cup is my blood. Has not changed. This, this is drawing on 2,000 years of living church history of doing something very simple that Jesus told us to do. Do this in remembrance of me. Amen. This, this is well-tread, well-tread roads right here. That we, we partake of this, and this, this is sacred. This is... Uh, um, this, this, everything we do carries meaning, but this carries meaning, if you know what I mean. And there's something about this. Even Paul says to, to examine yourself before partaking. What would happen is uh, in the early church, they would gather for meals, like almost like Joy Fellowship today or, or next Sunday when we, we stay after. And, and they, would, uh, they would eat meals together, but at some point in the meal, they would actually do the Lord's Supper in the meal. But, but it was... They, they were kind of messing around with it. It, it lost its significance. Even at the point when they're taking the real wine, some of them were taking too much of it. It was just mess going on. And Paul brings correction. Examine yourself. So I would encourage you today as you come to really examine your heart. We don't take this haphazardly. Now, as you make your way down and, and go back to your seat with it, Lord Jesus Christ, Son of God, have mercy on me, a sinner. Forgive me my sins. Now, now in, in the categories of, of who I am in Jesus, I'm not a sinner. I've been saved. But that doesn't mean I don't sin and don't mess up. And I want to be before him in repentance. Amen? So I examine my heart. Lord, Lord, Lord is there anything that's in the way here? Anything that's clogging the pipe. <laughs> I don't get any backups here. Is there anything that, that you need to let me know about that I, that I need to deal with? And we examine ourselves. And, ha have, and you can imagine at the Last Supper that, that Jesus is, is doing this with the disciples, and even the one who would betray him is there. And he's having this intimate moment with them, just, just in a matter of hours foreshadowing what's about to happen to him. And to allow the Holy Spirit to be with us in such an intimate way like that, that the presence of the Lord is with us as he was in the Last Supper with his disciples. 
and that we would again put ourselves before him. And, and, and unlike the disciples at the moment that weren't quite understanding, we know the story. We have, we have the, the benefit of hindsight 2020 of what this really is all about. That self-sacrificial love, Jesus, was tortured. The cross of, of the Romans was meant to humiliate, to degrade. Psalm 22, as it writes, that in such a way they didn't even recognize him. Almost to wipe out your humanity, almost. That's what the Romans did. That Jesus went there in our place so we can have the forgiveness of our sins and to walk in new life with him. That, that you would come and have a moment with him to say, Lord, I want that new life and the fullness that I can have it now. The fullness that it can be. So as David prayed, Lord, find any offensive way in me and lead me in the way everlasting. And examine yourself. So what this represents can be in the fullness that it can be in our lives today. Amen? So I would ask that if, if you want to, if you wish to, you can come this morning and, and come down the center aisle and kind of filter around the sides if you would. And let's in partake of communion from the table of the Lord together this morning. know as you as you read the gospel stories and, and you, you're getting to these moments like what's called the last supper and, and then the arrest and the, uh, you have Gethsemane before that then the arrest and you have the, the trial portions and the mood of the gospel sort of sombers a little bit as it goes if, if you read it and you can see what's going on so As I'm preparing these messages, you know, Christ the sacrifice, Christ the Savior, Christ the King, 
These are not these uh, high energy, make jokes during it kind of messages. You know what I'm saying? There's a realness to this. But what's wonderful about it is because at the end of all the somber story of the Gospels, and even at the end of this series, there's Easter Sunday. And that's all about joy and celebration. Amen? So when we have our Good Friday service, the Good Friday service is, is, a, is a time of reflection. It's not even a service time. You can come and, and we'll explain more about what that night's about. But it is really to get in your heart the understanding of what this means. Now, we don't read this like a story. Oh, it's just a story. It's a, Christian, it's, it's a nice Christian story. That's nice. And yeah, it's in the Bible. Okay. But we really understand the sacrifice of Christ for our life. And it's not cliche to us. It's not just, oh, it's just a story. But it carries the full weight of its meaning. Because the fullness of resurrection can only be appreciated in the fullness of death. Because without real death, there's no real resurrection. Jesus was only raised from the dead because he was fully, fully dead. You understand? He was really raised in the fullness of, of a new physical body only because his actual body suffered and was crucified. So we remember that when we take these things. It's sort of a somber message, Christ the sacrifice, but it's the foundational truth of what we believe. Amen? Lord Jesus, we thank you for your body in our place on that cross that you substituted yourself for each one of us. And in your body, the full weight of sin was taken. And you as God in flesh are the only one who could do this. So, Lord, today as we partake of the bread together representative of your body, we do it in remembrance of the price that you paid physically for us. Lord, we don't take it for granted. We don't look at it as cliche. It's not just another story. But you, God in flesh, died on a cross for each one of us. And we partake of this bread in remembrance of that. Let's partake together. And Lord, a broken body meant shed blood. And in the shedding of your blood is the fulfillment and the fullness of the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. In the fullness of what you said at that last supper, that your blood is, is in that the new covenant for the forgiveness of our sins. For what can wash away our sins 
nothing but the blood of Jesus. That, Lord, we will partake of this cup this morning in remembrance of your blood being shed for each one of us. Let's partake of the cup this morning. I would encourage you today. Let, let, me, let me talk to those that church is sort of a new thing or Jesus is sort of a new thing or this whole idea of Christianity. Listen. The wonderful thing about God is he says, come as you are. Don't come when you got it all figured out. Don't come when you think you're perfect. Don't come when, when all your issues are dealt with. Don't come when you figured it all out. Don't come when you figured out the Bible. Come as you are today. And simply believe in him. Believe in him. And just ask for his help. And the faithful God who is faithful enough to die on a cross and shed his blood for us is the same faithful God who will be with you and help you no matter where you're at in life. So I would encourage you to take simple steps. Just, I believe. I don't understand it all, but I believe. Lord, I'm a mess, he says. I know. I, I, I'm not sure what I'm going to do. I know. I'm not sure how this is going to work out. He says, I know. But it's the God that will help you in all of these things. Amen? Amen. Lord, we thank you for being able to come together today and just worship you. Lord, to be with you. Lord, it's just stamped on our heart today who you are and what you've done for us. And that we can live in you in all things. To live in you in all things. Lord, to live in you in all things. We thank you for what you have done. In Jesus' name, in Jesus' name, we all say amen. Amen, amen. All right, be blessed Wednesday night. Come on back out. Have a wonderful time. Love somebody as you leave today. Live streamers, it's good to have you. We'll see you next time.